Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. It's your host, Sarah Heron. I hope you guys all listened to my interview with Clayton that came out on Monday night. He was really candid and very generous with his time. We spoke for over an hour on mic and a little bit off mic about what he's been up to and his new book and how he's coping post-show, post-breakup with Susie, near reunion with Rachel. He's been going on dates. He's trying to get um, a new job in real estate and kind of just like rebuild his life after the Bachelor tornado um, situation did what it did. Obviously, we all watched Clayton season and we reflected a lot about the mental health aspect of the show, where he is now, what it was like for him to write about it all in his book. Um, he spilled some tea about his union with Rachel, some stuff about Susie. And just to, I think it was an interesting conversation. It, you got to know Clayton, I think, um, quite a bit. He's quite long-winded with his answers, which I can appreciate. I did my best to you know, sit back and let him go. But then when it was my turn to talk, I feel like I spewed like 12 questions at him just because I wasn't sure when the next time I was going to get get a moment was. And I mean that in the best way. It is really refreshing to have someone, you know, answer the questions you're asking versus try to dance around them. He certainly doesn't do that. But long story short, I hope you listen to my interview with Clayton. I did want to hop on here and just talk about this week's episode of Zach season. I don't have an official recap planned. Um, I hopefully have some good people in the works for the rest of the season, but I thought I would give my thoughts. Um, I actually thought this week's episode was really good. It was one of my uh, ones I enjoyed more than the last couple. Maybe the the COVID one just really got me. Um, although I always have fun talking about it on this show. And I think Dr. Darcy was great last week. I thought that there was a good amount of love and drama on this week's episode. We obviously kicked off in a frozen land, aka Estonia, wherever the hell we were. I'm probably getting that wrong. But they were joking that it was like frozen. Um, so I loved that. And Zach is out of quarantine. Zach is out of quarantine. He's talking to Jesse Palm. He, I saw a lot of people on the internet saying he didn't seem too concerned about Greer also being in quarantine, said, you know, well, she's asymptomatic and I had symptoms, um, which I don't think, you know, if he meant that way, but was kind of funny. Um, but Greer 
is now in quarantine because she's not feeling well and testing positive or I don't know, I guess she's feeling fine, but testing positive and Zach is out. I did see that Logan from Gabby and Rachel's season, who obviously was eliminated because he had COVID when they were on that cruise ship, recently said on a podcast that he definitely did have COVID and like people still ask him on the street and he promises he tested positive for COVID. And he kind of heard that they gave Gabby the option to like set up something virtual or to keep him. And she kind of was just like, eh, it's fine. So I think that's why Logan got the boot and why Greer is now getting to hang out um, behind the scenes. And we'll see her next week. Um, and we'll see if, you know, her and Zach go on a date or if they have a conversation or how that plays out. Um but Logan, it seems like Gabby, since he did that switcheroo for her anyway, I feel like she just it wasn't worth it to her and they said they could send him home. So I think that's what happened to Logan. Greer is not getting that treatment. So there's that. Um, Charity did finally get her one on one after her date was canceled in London, but not before Kat steals him to say hi. Um, as Allie pointed out, what could she possibly tell him that will change her path in this journey in the next two minutes? Obviously, she steals a kiss and Kat's whole point is that the rules are different now because Zach had COVID and they didn't get to see him. And they kiss, like I said, Gabby immediately notices that he has lip gloss on his lips when he comes back. Brooklyn calls her classless and selfish. Um, and Kat feels attacked because she said, again, because COVID shifted everything, there's the rules are different. And Ariel, who ended up kind of being a little bit of an unsung hero in this episode, I totally forgot about her. They haven't showed her at all. Zach forgot about her too, from what it seems. She, I think, made a lot of sense and handled this well. She clearly is probably friendly-ish with Kat because she was the one they showed having the conversation with her about it. And she said, the idea of the respect amongst us never shifts. And I liked that because I do, I know there's some people online saying, you know, it's towards the end of the season. Kat wanting to steal time just means she's serious about wanting, you know, connection with Zach. And she is just wants to know if this man could be her fiance. It's, it's fair that she wants time with him. But, and I guess that is a point to be made. I just think going the way you go about it is key because if you're Kat here, Charity, first of all, didn't get her one-on-one last week. And if imagine if, thank God they gave it to her this time, because this would have been really bad if say somebody else got the, or no, what it would have been good. What I want to say is if charity didn't get the one-on-one date and she said, can I steal you for a second, Zach? I know I got gypped of my one-on-one last week. Let's talk. That would have made sense to us. Granted, they should, I'm glad they just gave her the one-on-one, like carry it over. That's what should happen. But that would make more sense, right? She is the one who was really gypped of the time. I know they all work as a group date, but they're all in the same boat here. Like they, all of them are like that. So it's not fair for Kat to do that. But also if you're going to do it, if you're going to do like a villain move and you're going to say the rules are changing, the things are shifting because of COVID, you better own it and you better not turn around and play the victim when someone calls you out for it. That is not cool. I think that was my bigger problem with her. If you're going to do it, you got to just lean in and you got to say, I don't care. I'm not here to make friends. Don't be combative with Brooklyn. Take it with a grain of salt. Nod your head. Don't fight back. Don't act like now you're the one being quote unquote attacked. You started it. You got to end it. You cannot be the victim and the villain when you it's something you did on your own accord. Maybe producers told her to do it. I don't know. But I think that if she was going to do this, she should have gone about it in a more like strong in my convictions way. Said to Brooklyn, I appreciate, you know, that's your opinion. I did what I thought I had to do to find my husband. Not, you know, crying throughout the rest of the episode about it. Didn't like that. 
I also think it's really interesting to see Charity in Brooklyn must be very, very close because she was not happy. Charity did get her one-on-one. Um, I actually really like Charity. I think she is getting a bachelorette edit. I think she's getting the bachelorette edit. I think her and Zach have a decent connection, but I think he has much stronger connections with Katie and Gabby. I think it's very clear to me that those two are his front runners. Um, I think he likes Charity and I think the show likes Charity. Um, that whole um, wife carrying competition would have been absolutely terrifying and not something I wanted to do, but she, you know, participated. This date overall of just getting to like, run around the city and try different foods and their, I guess, pastimes like the wife carrying competition, the horse and carriage, that is the perfect date, like compared to uh, Ariel's naked sauna and then in the hot tub with the with the nudists like that is a nightmare and that's when i'm like this show is not even fun like i feel like they say you get to travel you get to make friends but like then they make you do dumb obstacle courses or they make you go in a sauna with naked people you don't know slash hot tubs with them that's when i'd be like i'm out like this isn't even fun but getting to run around the city with you know free food and free locals teaching you what to do that's kind of fun even though i stand by the wife carrying competition being my worst nightmare thank god zach is strong and didn't drop this girl on her head because then I think it would have ruined the show's plan to make her the bachelorette because I think seeing Charity open up about being in a past relationship that was emotionally abusive not feeling enough it's very Ben Higgins unlovable giving us something to sink our teeth into root for you know Charity has gotten a great edit so far she seems like a great person she seems genuine she's gorgeous Um, when they had her in that red dress at the end of the episode at the cocktail party I'm sure she had I said they had her in it like they put her in it I don't think that's what happened I think it's what she packed but when she was wearing that red dress at the cocktail party um, before the rose ceremony, I just thought like, wow, that looks like a bachelorette. She just looked gorgeous. And I think everything about the way she was speaking on her one-on-one kind of just gave this opportunity where there's a story there about how her past has affected her potential future relationships and how she wants to open herself up to love. And that's just like a quintessential bachelorette storyline. We'll have to see what happens with her and Zach. Again, we don't we don't know. She could be the winner. She obviously gets the rose on her one-on-one date, but I'm think getting bachelorette edit from Charity. Jess is spiraling. I was supposed to say Kat is not the only one spiraling. Jess um, was really spiraling this week, who's our 23-year-old body glitter queen, Lizzie McGuire-esque, is how I've been referring to her. She's spiraling. Um, Ariel, once again, proves to be wise behind her years, kind of being the one telling her, you know, the weeks are going by. Or I think Ariel said, weeks go by and hopes go up, but patience goes down. And I liked that, that it's like kind of twisted and cryptic and weird, but it's kind of true for this show. Like you try to keep your hopes up, you do get impatient, but like all you can really hold on to is the hope that you get the one-on-one. I, I think the whole thing with Jess was bizarre because she was, you know, getting emotional of just being last mean something. And there's a lot of layers to it, right? Does Zach even get to choose everyone he picks to go on dates? That's one part. Something that I know is not necessarily fair for her to have to be thinking about, but is something to think about. Two, I mean, somebody has to be last. It's just a numbers game at this point. Not everyone. If, if he was giving one-on-one dates to people he's already had them with, this would make a little more sense to me. I totally get her frustration. Of course, you want the one-on-one time. And I don't think he handled her asking him about it that well, which we'll get to. But just overall, the way she was freaking out before even the group date started, he's not repeating one-on-ones. He's going down the line. So being last, it's not great. I think you're, it's fair for you to say that you're disappointed. But I think she is getting in her head a, a lot. And you have to have like some sort of, you know, 
grip on it to get through this show unscathed, in my opinion. Um, I don't fault her. I think she's being human, but it and I know it's frustrating, but it's like the other girls. I don't know how much sympathy they're going to have for you if it's not like he's doing repetitive one on ones yet. Um you know, there there's still time, as they say. And as the group date gets smaller, you do get more time that way. And you have to kind of choose. Do you want to spend your time asking about what you haven't gotten or taking advantage of the time you are getting? It's kind of a double-edged sword. There's not really like a win there. Brooklyn does tell Kat that she has her head up her ass um, before they leave for the group date. And Kat says, ew, when they're having this confrontation. So these two just hate each other. I wonder if they didn't like each other already or if Brooklyn is just that tight with charity that she's coming so hard for Kat because it really seems like a just these two thing even at the end of the episode like I was actually very curious to see what charity was going to say to Kat so it was kind of annoying when Brooklyn interrupted her but she just really can't help herself so either like the producers have got her riled up where she's like I am going to take down Kat or they had beef before this because something tells me it's more than just this like two minutes steal him away because charity still got to go on her date so they these two are just not not friends. Um, the group date, we have a witch. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. I like witchy stuff. Um, at least it was quick. It wasn't too long and painful. Um, Jess is still struggling with her anxiety and her confidence. I kind of think she's just too sweet for this show. Um, I feel bad for her, but it's it's just like kind of boring to watch. Um, at the night portion, we see him pull Katie first. We see him pull Gabby. He tells her he missed her. He also tells Gabby that she's one of his strongest connections. Don't worry about it. Um, so those two, to me, are just the clear front runners. I think also at almost every rose ceremony, at least the last two or three, uh, Katie or Gabby, if they didn't have the... Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. one-on-one rose got the first rose called which as you know if you listen to game of roses they call it the first flower it's a bigger deal than the person impression rose half the time the person whose name is called out at rose ceremonies i think it's almost like a way of the lead trying to give validation to their front runners if the show allows it or maybe the statistics are just you know how the show plans out but it is a thing so those two i think are for sure um top two but we'll see um when just does sit down to talk to Zach. This conversation is awkward because at first I almost felt sympathy for Zach. I kind of felt like there was nothing he could really say because Jess was really kind of laying it on thick with like how disappointed she was and how much she wanted the one-on-one. And he was trying to spin it like... It's not just about that. We have this time now. I felt so good about us. So I didn't feel like we needed to have a one-on-one. Like I've kept you around. Like you're not going anywhere. Trying a little bit to give her validation. But then it just turned. And I don't know if he felt like her mind was made up and he wasn't getting anywhere. Um, I don't know if he was just so offended by the her use of the term one-on-one, but that read wrong to me that he would take any offense to that. That's just the way the show works. She's not putting emphasis like she wants a one-on-one for screen time. This is a girl who's sobbing and clearly very anxious and not confident, even though you keep telling her to be confident. 
and what they have. So I think he got maybe defensive for the wrong reasons. It's almost similar to his confrontation with Greer last week when she said the comment about relating him getting COVID to when she got COVID when her sales quota was, you know, ticking or she, at the end of her sales quarter. And he got offended that she, he can, that Greer compared her job to his journey to find love and his wife. He does get a little dismissive. He gets like, if you don't agree with Zach, he kind of shuts you down. And that goes against a lot of the rest of his personality. He seems very open and, and likable and lovable and nice and sensitive to a lot of these women when they're opening up to him. But if there's ever a point of contention, He's quick to just kind of like shut it down, but not in like a healthy communicative way and kind of like a my way or the highway kind of way or like we're not going to agree to disagree so you can leave or this is how I feel. I don't care how you feel kind of way. It kind of like I talked about with Dr. Darcy last week takes me back to him and Rachel. And I definitely at the at the at the time agreed with Zach and probably was like, okay, Rachel probably was acting and he probably has a point. And that would be frustrating. But now I'm kind of thinking, like, did she just say something he didn't want to hear and he wrote her off? I don't know. I mean, he did say, like, she was asking, like, interview questions. And I think Rachel did ultimately just, like, Tino and uh, Avon a lot more and didn't know how to act with Zach because she didn't want to, like, lead him on. But felt like in front of the camera, she had to kind of lead him on because she was the bachelorette. I do still think that's true to some degree. But I bet there was something in their conversation that he didn't like because now watching him when a woman says something he doesn't like or anyone says something he doesn't like, I feel like he gets a little a little weird about it and he doesn't you know I don't know I, I just felt like there was something off about the way he like went 180 telling Jess over and over again that he was confident in her which is why like maybe she didn't get the one-on-one -on -one right away or whatever to then a quick turnaround of I don't feel confident and, like I think you should go I don't know. It was a little strange. I felt bad for Jess in that moment. I think she was just trying to explain her side of the story. We did talk to her at the Women Tell All, which taped last Friday. Most of the quotes and details are under embargo, but we, um, usmagazine.com was able to run quotes from Jess and Allie, who obviously get sent home at the end of the episode because of their eliminations. And they both said they were pretty blindsided by getting sent home by Zach because he is pretty good at, like, Allie said he's pretty good at giving validation. So she was surprised because she thought they were in a good place. But she understands. I mean, she felt like she was kind of in the friend zone after getting that first one-on-one -on -one early on. But she did feel like he does do a decent job of giving validation. Jess obviously didn't feel like she was getting that validation because she never got the one-on-one. -on -one. Felt like she was blindsided, but also knew that they were going to have an awkward conversation. She said it was uncomfortable for both of them. And they clearly just weren't making their point. They don't have the same communication styles. And it was a misunderstanding about like the use of the term one one-on-one -on -one and what that meant and what she was trying to say and that he kind of took it as like all you care about is getting a one-on-one -on -one. you don't care about like the actual time with me and I genuinely think Jess just wanted more time with him um so those two were never gonna work she was too young anyway and he clearly you know wasn't prioritizing her and didn't you know care to really try to work it out with her so they sent her packing and then I felt like he was probably a little more upset that his ego is bruised for a girl to like not stand up to him but like I don't know. The way that he didn't give out a rose at the group date, I thought was kind of just lame. Like he couldn't handle that. This didn't go the way he wanted. Like he was trying to convince Jess to stay. And then he like hit a wall and was like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care anymore. Like I'm done. I'm not giving out a rose. Go home, everyone. Bye. Um, I also think he probably, this conversation probably lasted a lot longer than we saw. This kind of felt like maybe it was circling the drain and he got frustrated. So maybe that's why he flipped the script. I don't know. I feel like I just threw out like seven different hypotheticals and I'm not team one or team the other, but there's been a lot of people really upset with him about this and a lot of people um, who understand where Jess is coming from. So I'm just kind of trying to talk out 
all of the options there. I don't know if you guys saw that Nick Vile weighed in. He still recaps the show in Vile Files, obviously, but then he tweeted um, kind of a strong statement. He said, that's two weeks in a row now. Zach was a total dick to one of the women. It's literally all about the one-on-one. Zach knows that. He may just feel like she just feel like she messed up for expressing a valid concern. Then he tweeted, Zach is acting like the guy who gets mad at his girlfriend for not letting him know that she wanted validation on her birthday. So I think those are harshish, harsh-ish words, but I do think there's something to be said for two weeks in a row where he kind of like flipped a weird little switch. I don't know. Um, Ariel gets her t- her one-on-one. Obviously, we talked about how being nude in the sauna with these strangers would be a nightmare, but Zach like enjoyed this time with Ariel. He, I kind of feel like he went into this date thinking he was going to send her home because he was so shook at their night portion by saying like, you were right in front of me. I didn't realize I'm really surprised. You're the best surprise yet. She talks about how excited, how about she's been so open. I don't really feel like I know much about her, but I still, I really did like the way she handled the drama during the episode with Kat in Brooklyn. So I think she's kind of like an Astrid type from Nick's season where she seems to have a really good head on her shoulders, but maybe is a little more quiet in a lot of the scenes. So doesn't get, didn't get as much screen time during like group dates and stuff. But I really think Zach was maybe planning on sending her home and then was like so pleasantly surprised just because he seemed like genuinely shocked when he was talking to her during the night portion. But I don't know. Um, And yeah, I feel like that's pretty much it. We talked about fast forwarding to the conversation between Kat pulling Charity in her beautiful red dress, Bachelorette vibes. Um, And she did say like Kat, what was annoying about Kat and goes also plays into the like just own what you what you did and like if that's what you're the play you wanted to make be confident in it because backtracking and like saying sorry is stupid and then she did both right because she said i'm sorry but also says i stand by what i did but then like don't say sorry i don't know i I, i'm like like now i'm contradicting myself while talking about her but she just handled it all wrong in my opinion like she should have gone full own it or apology and and not done it and not like spent the whole episode then crying and trying to be the victim. I just I didn't like it. But I also am disappointed because we didn't get to see what Charity had to say. So maybe she would have been a little more receptive if it was Charity kind of saying her point of view versus just Brooklyn coming for her. Maybe that's, you know, part of it. Um, Brooklyn did also say, would you have done the same thing to Jess? And it was kind of a throwaway line that they she Brooklyn got the line out, but then Kat was like, I'm not doing this. And they kind of ended it and didn't follow up. But I feel like that was a big statement. Like, was was she implying that like Jess and um, Kat are really close? So Kat wouldn't have, you know, stepped in front of her to go get time with Zach before the one on one. Or is she implying that there's like beef with charity and Kat that we don't know about? So she did it like despite charity. I don't know. I feel like that statement kind of had a lot and then we didn't get to dive into it because Kat refused to engage with Brooklyn, which I do get a little bit because just like, why do you want to, you know, fight about it with the person who you didn't even technically like do anything to, even though all the girls felt slighted by it? I don't know. It was interesting. I don't think it's going to end well for Kat. I think she's going to get... um similar edit or portrayal or have similar actions next week and probably 
get cut before hometowns if I had to guess because Zach doesn't usually do well with drama and he doesn't seem to know that this is drama yet but when he finds out I think she's gonna get the boot she did tweet um to tell her you know give her 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 side of the story what wasn't shown last night were my apologies and accountability the moment I could Unless you have been emerged in this experience, you cannot understand what comes with trying to balance this delicate, trying to balance the delicate, trying to manage, sorry, the delicate balance between your friendships and your relationship. That's fair. So she's saying she did apologize more and take accountability and they cut it out. But then why would she still be trying to talk to charity? Maybe they talked after her. And again, we just didn't see it. I don't know. But from what we saw on TV, it wasn't that impressive an appearance uh, by Kat. Again, either like lean into the full villain or... Don't act like the victim when the girls are questioning the actions you took is how I feel. But that's that. Um, that was a nice ramble solo about this week's episode of The Bachelor. I actually did kind of enjoy it. Um, I saw the ratings were very down last week for the show. I don't know if they'll get an uptick this week because it was like this COVID episode and maybe people, you know, warned their friends who were going to watch on the West Coast and said, don't bother. And maybe people will tell their friends this week it was actually good and it'll go up. Clayton actually pointed out on the She's All Batch podcast that the last three episodes of his season, the ratings were up by like a million each episode because of the drama and how it was teased. So it's kind of ironic that a lot of people in Bachelor Nation say that they want love stories and don't want drama. But then when they started getting Clayton's drama hyped up in the promos, and clearly it was one of the most dramatic seasons in a long time, as we talked about with him. Um, so the promos didn't disappoint for once. It it worked and people did start talking about it and watching it and word of mouth. And you got to tune into the season to see how it ends. So maybe that'll have that even with the love story of people are so obsessed with Gabby or Katie or Charity, whoever, they'll tell their friends you got to watch. Or maybe this cat drama will give it a boost. Or maybe it'll stay the same. And they'll realize that, you know, having Zach market The Bachelor as a non-dramatic season, maybe it wasn't a good idea. I don't know. Let me know what you guys are thinking. You know, I love getting DMs from you. Let me know who you want to hear from on the podcast. There's a few alums that are out of contracts that I've been trying to contact recently, like Clayton. So just let me know what you've been thinking and what you think of the season and who you want to hear from on the podcast next. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. 